Welcome to Uptown. We appreciate you making us a part of your day. We're here to empower, encourage, and uplift you on your journeys. We invite you to join us. We have Wednesday night Bible study at 6.30 p.m., Sunday service at 11 a.m., and you can watch us online. Glad you're here. Let's begin today's message. But I'm saying this is because sometimes we have to allow people to learn how to walk in the grace of God. Amen? It's, it's, it's we, we who are in Christ Jesus, we think sometimes that everyone needs to be in the place we are in. But if I'm honest with you, it took me a long time time to get where I'm at. And it took a lot of grace. It took a lot of mercy. It took a lot of patience from other people to allow me to get on the boat. Amen? See, that, that's, the, that's the end result of grace is, is that we learn how to walk in it. Amen? Let's get into some scripture right quick. And, and I bought this chair this morning because I, I want to sit down and read, the, and read the scripture to you. But I, wanna, I want you to I wanna articulate it like Paul was reading and sent his letter. Excuse me. And Paul had sent his letter to the church of Ephesus. Amen? See, if, if I had to title this message, is God is holding me accountable. Amen? Oh, I forgot about tithes. We'll get that afterwards. Amen? But if I had to title this message, it would be God is holding me or God is holding you accountable. Amen? And, 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 and that is something is that because what Paul is doing here, he is reminding the church that Jesus wants to wrap us all up in his love. Amen? Amen? It's is, is that sometimes we have to understand about where mercy is where, and where grace is. And, and what Paul is doing right now in the first part of this letter, he is reminding them that somebody needs first to get their ankles in grace. Amen? And then once you get your ankles in grace, then you can... Get some grace up to your knees. So I want you to kind of sit back for a moment while I read the first 10 verses of Ephesians chapter 2 of this letter and how Paul brings it to the church. Amen? Bible reads like this. And you, he says, he's talking to the group. 
And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. He's reminding them of something. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the air and the spirit who works in the sons of disobedience among whom also conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, just as others. Amen? Now here is what Paul is now going to administer Grace. Because he's reminding them of everything. But God, the Bible says. Now those who you have those English degrees and those, and that English teacher, they used to hit you upside the head. You know, I had an English teacher, she used to tear our knuckles up. But we know that when we see the word but, it cancels out the previous statement. Amen? So when Paul is making the statement, he is saying, now, what I just said is canceled out. But God, now listen to how he articulates this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together in Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show his exceeding riches of his grace in his, in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, not of works, least anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen? What Paul is doing here, he is telling the Ephesians, or he is telling the church, Slow down. Slow your roll. Because you are running around here thinking that you're doing all this on your own strength. He is telling them to stop your selfish thinking. Thinking on your own. Paul is telling them that you cannot do this by yourself. 
Their own strength is nothing at all in the sight of God. Mm. Paul starts off and he tells them that we've been made alive. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> that we've been made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. In other words, for Paul is telling them that this is the beginning of your salvation. That only in Christ Jesus can you be made alive. Not something that you did. The event that we did yesterday, that means nothing before God. Mm, interesting, isn't it? The only thing that God wants out of us is to make sure that we are administering grace and mercy in his sight. Because through grace and mercy, salvation shall appear. Amen? But it's only the grace through Christ Jesus. Paul gives them the why. See, sometimes that we have to understand that, that someone may not know the why. The why for their salvation. It is only by grace, in faith, in Christ Jesus. That's the why. Amen? See, see, sometimes what yesterday, what it reminded me of was the why. I saw all these young men that one day they're going to be men and husbands and fathers. But if we plant the seed of why, in them while they're young, then they'll grow up in it. Amen? Because while they're young, we're going to have to do what? We're going to have to administer a lot of grace and a lot of mercy. We're going to have to be understanding. This is like Christ Jesus was understanding of me in my sins because the Bible said that while I was still, hmm, why I was still dead in my trespasses and sins. Paul is telling them that their effort means nothing. Their goodness is ineffective for salvation. Paul uses the word like dead, which means a corpse or a dead body. Paul is talking about the spiritual state and not the physical. See, see, they're running around, this church in, the, in, in Ephesus, they're running around thinking that they are alive and Paul is telling them, hold it. You're doing all this in the physical. But what about your spiritual state? Your spiritual state is going to be lost if you don't hold back and understand that it is Christ Jesus who is giving you this strength. Not your own thinking. Not your own strength. 
but it's only by Christ. Paul is stating that, that we are all in this condition. Didn't he, did, isn't that what the scripture said? That all were dead in their trespasses and sins. Paul is saying, not just a few of you. Well, well, pastor, you know, I've been in Jesus for 30 years. And, and I, I believe that I got it. First thing I'm going to tell you is the altar's open. Because if you think you got it, the, the altar's open. Because you need repentance somewhere. Because if you're honest and you're real with yourselves, it, it, I raise my hand. And, and I always use this as an analogy because it happens to me all the time. Is that I can be in a good mood riding down the East Belt line and somebody cuts in front of me. My brain will go one way. My spirit will say, don't, 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 don't. And I'll be like, oh, no. And I said, Lord, forgive me. I just want to run them over. Can I just put it in four-wheel drive and just run them over? But the thing that gets me, now this is how sin works. The thing that gets me is this. They cut in front of me, cut in front of the other car, and we're all at the same stoplight. So what is that teaching me constantly is, is Greg, if you allow them to do what they need to do, you're still going to be there right up there with them, and your spirit is still going to be in peace. Don't allow the world to take your peace, Greg. Because what we have to remember, what Paul is trying to get the church of Ephesus to remember, is quit judging people in their circumstances because you think you've got it. Paul wants us to see what our weaknesses are by saying that it was our disobedience. Amen? Now, if you, I know y'all holy and so forth, and y'all probably don't think you got any kind of disobedience in you. Hmm. But let me tell you something. You do. You do. You do have some disobedience in you. Amen? And Paul is making the, 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 the statement is that we all have this disobedience. This disobedience starts from the beginning, all the way in Genesis. Because if we didn't have the disobedience, then Jesus Christ never would have came. He came because the Bible said that he was obedient unto what? Death of the cross. <laughs> Let's put it this way. God the Father comes down. He says, Greg, I want you to go to the cross for everybody's sins. And I look at him and say, Lord, they ain't worth it. You see what they did to me on the East Belt Line? See, Jesus Christ did not say that. 
Jesus Christ said, yes, I'll do it. Amen? The Bible said that he was without sin, tempted in every way, yet without sin. So, you know, in my little terminology, you know, Jesus riding his mule and somebody cut his mule off. And he said, I still love you. Amen. Following the lust of our flesh is the way we think or our mind, how we perceive it. He makes the point by saying this was our nature just as others. Why do we forget? Paul starts out in explaining salvation and he uses but God. This is the point. But God, no matter where I was at, but God. But God canceled it out, but God. And then he uses the word mercy. After he says, but God, then he says, mercy. is the compassion and kindness shown to someone who has no power to stop the punishment. Those who are on death row in prison, they send a petition out to the governor to commute their sentence from death. And as they're strapped up on the gurney, with needles in their arms, and the clock is ticking down. They're waiting for the phone call. Everybody in the room is in anticipation, waiting on the phone call. And if the phone rings and it's the governor on the other side and he says, I'm going to commute their sentence from death, then there's a relief of the person who's laying on the gurney with the needles in his arm. But Jesus Christ did the same thing for us on the cross. When we were yet in our sins, when we were yet dead, Jesus Christ answered the phone call. And he said, no longer will sin reign in those who call upon me. Because once I shed my blood, and I rise on the third day and I sit at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to be their mediator because every time something happens, my Father's going to turn over and look at me and I'm going to say, I shed my blood for that. Amen? Even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, 
We were made alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace we have been saved. Grace is not asked for nor deserved, but is freely given. Paul is saying that our old lives were stagnated. Have you ever been around a river that doesn't flow? Certain parts of it when you ride by just stinks. When I'm going to Chicago and I'm riding by and I'm going by this canal, the water has turned green. And when you ride by it, it has a stench. Because it has no life in it. It just sits there. Paul is saying that we should not have our life with a stench. Our lives mean much more than to be stale and foul. What it means is a lack of development or achievement or inactive or, or sluggish or dull or, or it has become an enormous mass. Paul is truly saying, remember the but God. Remember the mercy. Remember the grace that God has given us in our lives so that we can make it through the next day and the next moment. Sometimes that is so important because I know for myself, sometimes it's just getting through the next 30 minutes. I'm not going to sit up here and tell you just because I'm the senior pastor of this church that I don't go through stuff. I go through stuff each and every day of my life. But it's the but God that gets me through it. It is the but God that, 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 that when I'm having those, those bad moments or that bad time, or I'm having those thoughts, I look up to the hills where cometh my help, and my help cometh from the Lord. God continues to give us strength when we think we're having a hard time with family. We just had an argument with our spouses. That's some real stuff, isn't it? We don't think, oh, I'm, I'm a Christian and, and, and uh, praise the Lord. And, uh, me and my wife, we haven't had an argument in 40 years. <laughs> you need to repent. Amen? Because, because that's just life. It doesn't mean I'm in sin. It means that we had a disagreement. Amen? It means that I forgot to get the bread when I went to Myers. <laughs> Amen. You know, it, it's a part of life. 
And this is what Paul is, is really trying to get the church of, Ephes- of, of, of Ephesus to understand is that things that you go through in your everyday life is a part of life. Amen? Paul is talking about mercy, love, grace. The grace of God equals salvation, meaning our deliverance. We are no longer dead but alive in him spiritually by knowing Jesus Christ for ourselves. Paul explains that he was raised, we were raised up together with him and we sit in the heavenly places with Christ Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 and 6 reads like this. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. What is, what is he saying to me? He is saying that Jesus Christ has already done it for us. He is saying that, that because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross and because of what he did when he rose on the third day is that now when God looks at him, he also sees me. It said the man Christ Jesus, didn't it? He sees me. He sees what Jesus Christ has done in my life. He saw me when I laid up here on the floor crying out. He saw me when when things had happened in my life and, and I didn't know, did I have any hope at all? But it was Jesus Christ who was saying, Father, I I, I died for Greg. I rose on the third day for Greg. Yes, yes, I I know he's having some troubles right now, but I I died for that too. There's a scripture in, 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 in Romans. The seventh chapter of Romans that that goes like this, and Paul is saying that I do what I want, I do what I can't do, and do what I need to do, and and, and he's he, and he's struggling, and, and but he gets down to the last part. He gets down to the last part of Romans chapter seven before it goes into Romans chapter eight. He gets down to the last part. He says, "Who shall deliver me from this body of death?" Paul is is crying out. He is crying out to to this God that he knows. He's crying out. He said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Paul is talking about sin. Paul is talking about that I'm, I'm struggling 
Lord, I'm struggling with this sin. I'm struggling in my circumstances because when Paul wrote this, he was in prison. Paul is watching the sentence of people in prison. And, and when Paul makes this statement, it said, who shall deliver me from this body of death? What Paul is actually saying is that those who have been convicted of a violent crime like murder, they would take the corpse, the dead corpse, And they would strap it unto the living body. And the person who was living had to walk around with this dead corpse on his body. And what the dead corpse did, it would start engrafting itself into the living body. And then death would come. So Paul was making the statement. He was saying, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who shall deliver me from sin? Who shall deliver me from my circumstances? Who's going to do it? And then he says, Oh, but Christ Jesus shall deliver me from this body of death. Then he goes in and he says, now then there shall be no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? It is something to know the living God for yourself. It is something to know that he abides in me and I abide in him. It is something to know that Jesus Christ did something for us no one else could. He made me alive again through mercy, through grace, Jesus Christ did something on that cross that Paul is reminding the church of Ephesus of. It is not by your strength. It is not by your might. It's only by Jesus Christ. Paul is doing something right now. Paul is trying to encourage this church and let this church move forward so it does not lay stagnant anymore. While it was laying stagnant, it started to become stale and had a stench. Paul is reminding them of something special. The Bible says in, in Romans that, 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 that it is the same spirit that lives in me that rose Jesus Christ from the dead. Paul is reminding this church is that it is by his power and his might that you are able 
to do the works of God. Paul is reminding them that we can't worship God, but only by what? Spirit and by truth. That God is a spirit. That we can only worship him by spirit. Paul is trying to get the church back into his right mind and tell them that, 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 that only way you can worship God is in spirit and in truth. Get your spiritual life back together, church. This is what he's telling them. Paul is making a decoration to us this morning. And he's telling us that it's not by what you do. It's by how you do it in the name of Jesus. Paul is saying that, that you're not saved so you can boast about it. Mm, interesting. Because can you imagine this? This, this, this? this is Greg speaking. This ain't Bible. This is Greg. Can you imagine this? Is now all of a sudden we got this in our in our minds that this is what we're doing. You see what I did? You see what I did? Oh, you see what I did? You see what I did? And God is looking at you like. If you didn't have no breath, you wouldn't have did that, and you wouldn't have did this, and you wouldn't have did that. What got Satan in trouble was saying, I want to be like you. And then the Bible said that, he said, that Jesus said, I seen Satan fall like lightning. Like right now, Paul is reminding us that we can fall like lightning. Paul is reminding us of something special that is not by our power and is not by our might. Amen? I'm going to be ending here. Salvation, salvation, the Bible says this, it says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what, it's, what the word says. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, and, and we forget this part. Just like that boy, Yesterday. Just like that boy, that boy needed deliverance from his fears. His fears were going to stop him from living his life. His fears. He was afraid of something because somebody told him something bad about the water and a boat. So he had fear of it. Until he was able to experience the deliverance himself. Amen? 
Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, my salvation is so connected to everybody else. How does it look? I'm walking in my deliverance and somebody else is back here stagnant. Your salvation, when you, he talks about working out in fear and trembling, is that you're not afraid to step in the water. You're not afraid to bring someone else along. This right here is what, an hour, 40 minutes every Sunday? But the real work is out there. That's what the real work is. Salvation is out there. Paul is reminding this, us of this this morning. He's reminding us of the but God. That we were all in this condition. But God. In his grace and his mercy. By grace you have been saved. Remember what Paul said, who shall deliver me from this body of death, but only Christ Jesus. And now there shall be no condemnation for those who, are, who live or for those who are in Christ Jesus. Put your body as a holy, acceptable sacrifice unto God. Which he says is your reasonable service. You know what reasonable is? How many of you got sons? Who all got sons? Raise their hand. Who got young sons? Raise their hand. Reasonable service is this. When I get out of work, I want the grass cut. It's not, that, it's not that they can't do it. It's that you're going to have to show them how to do it. And once you show them how to do it, then you have an expectation that it gets done. Right? Jesus Christ has showed us how to do it. And that's what your reasonable service is. Amen? Oh, God is so good this morning. Reasonable service. He's holding us accountable. He's holding us accountable. Do not hoard what he's given you. He's holding us accountable, church. Those who are listening online this morning, and I'm telling you this, if you never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, here's an opportunity to do it right now. He's holding us accountable. As I always say, the altars are open, and I'm also going to go into tithes and offering at the same time. But the altars are open. You don't have to come up here if you want to just turn around and get in your seat and, and just ask God to forgive you for whatever it is or to give you strength for whatever it is. 
If you need prayer, we have prayer warriors down here that they'll be here for you because we care about you. Those who are listening online, if you, if, if you need prayer for something, go online and, and let us know. Send us a letter, 1470 Lake Drive, Grand Rapids, Michigan, 49506, I believe it is. Send us a letter if you can't do it online. And I guarantee you we'll take that letter and we'll put it before our prayer team and we'll be praying for you because we do care. Amen? So tithes and offering. Your reasonable service. There it is again, isn't it? Your reasonable service. You know, uh, uh, the Bible says that we come and, and we bless his house so his house can have meat. I'm going to keep it real simple because your tithes and your offering allow us to get the gospel of Jesus Christ out. Your tithes and your offering allow us to have these lights on this morning. Your tithes and your offering allow us to keep the doors open. Regardless what anyone else says, the Bible says. Regardless of how they want to try to put sugar on it and, and the rest of the stuff. The Bible says don't take away and don't add. But if I remember the scripture right, Jesus told the Pharisees, he says, you, you, you tithe your cucumbers and, and other stuff. I'm just kind of paraphrasing it and, 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 and so forth. But you forget the latter. You forget the love part of it. And then Jesus said this. He said, don't forget to do both. Amen? Now that's the gospel. If you want to hear Jesus Christ talk about tithe, there it is right there. It's because your tithes allow us to do what we do as a church. Bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. 